1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to our weekly baseball talk show here, talking all things Pirates. Andrew Desson, of course, with our very own Jason Mackey. And coming on the heels of uh, some big debuts and some returns, or I guess you could basically call it a debut with uh, Leo Peguero after the brief one-game stint last year. But regardless, uh, last night, Quinn Priester on the mound, Andy Rodriguez behind the plate, Peggy it short. A lot of new faces in Pittsburgh. Things didn't go as planned, maybe in terms of the the win-loss department with uh, the Pirates losing 11 nothing, But the more important theme, of course, being some fresh faces on the scene um, and really lots of prospects, lots of highly regarded guys, highly coveted guys here in Pittsburgh now. Jason, kind of just wanted to ask you, I mean, initial takeaways from last night. I know there's not a not a ton of great things to talk about, but uh, more so about this movement in particular. What is this kind of signal, I guess, for the Pirates, and what are you looking for from these guys?
0: Yeah, I, I thought last night was kind of a dud. Uh, that's not really a hot take. I think a lot of people would probably agree with me. I think the the pregame run up and optimism and the, the, you know, sort of aura surrounding what the pirates are doing was a lot more exciting than the game itself. First three innings, Quinn Priester pitched great, keeping the ball on the ground, using his sinker, whatever. Then he starts to get behind and counts, gives up home runs and hard contact. I'm not reading too much into it, man. Like, I don't think Andy Rodriguez is going to go over four and strike out three times a whole bunch in his career. So whatever, forget it. It's a bad game. Um, I think there's some legitimate questions to be brought up with the offense and the future of this team, Andrew. And we'll we'll get to them. And you and I have been talking about it off of this show. But as far as last night, I love the direction the Pirates are going. I think it's necessary. Uh, I want to see what they can do with the kids. It's about time. At the same time, it's about time to see that, that was a horribly constructed sentence. But like, let's see some results. Let's see if they can sink or swim. It's three and a half years into a rebuild. I don't think fans are nuts for wanting to see wins and losses. I mean, the Pirates are on record earlier this season saying they want and think they should be better. Okay. Um, They haven't been better for two and a half months. So it's a lot of pressure on the kids. At the same time, I've seen enough of the veterans, uh, you know, select ones. I mean, I'll, I'll watch Rich Hill or Carlos
1: Santana or whatever. But, I mean, it's time to play the kids. So I'm happy they're doing it. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, kind of echoing a lot of the sentiments there, and to me, I, the only thing that kind of comes to mind with me is like the timing of all of these moves. Um, yes. And I, so that that's the thing to me is I think uh, you know you were there yesterday when Derek Shelton was talking about how some of these moves, some of these guys getting promotions, some were necessitated by you know play performance. It demanded they be up here, and some guys that come to mind with that are like, okay, Henry Davis is back, for instance, right? Like yeah. that was at, that was at a point where it was like, okay. The defense will work on it. The bat's too good to keep down. The team was trying to stay in contention. Totally understood that one. Um, But with the moves uh, yesterday, uh, and I guess kind of over the last few days, what kind of comes to me is, like, was this the right timing for all these guys? I think personally, yes, because I'm in the same camp as you of, like, let the kids play. There's going to be bumps and bruises. There's going to be growing pains. But I think there is a legitimate conversation to be had about, you know, did some of this happen because O'Neill Cruz is out? Did some of this happen because – Austin Hedges wasn't hitting the ball well enough and Jason delay had gone cold after a hot April. Like, I guess that kind of popped into my, my mind too, was some of this, Hey, you know, the team's 12 games under 500 and just got swept by the giants. And let's try some new guys to see if something new happens there in your mind. Did you think like, Hey, all these guys are ready. Like they deserve to be here right now.
0: No. And I mean, they're ready enough. They're ready. enough.
1: I I think that's a, a
0: problem in baseball where, You're looking for this like magical time. Well, I I don't know. It's not a problem in Pittsburgh. People want to see these guys yesterday. It's not like they're saying, oh, I don't know about the prospect promotion. That's more the organization. But yeah, I mean, they're so far away from playoff contention that I think a month ago, the Pirates probably looked at this and said, okay, we're still kind of in it. Like This is reasonable. We're going to ride the veterans out, see what they can do, see if we can stay in contention. That's not happening. It's not even close. If you take an objective, sobering look at this team, this is not a playoff team. Um, and I, probably at the beginning of the season, I don't think anybody would have reasonably thought that. But you're a little bit obfuscated by a 20-8 and eight start. And you think, well, maybe the Central's not that bad. They can hang around. No, just no. And so at this point, you're wasting time, in my opinion. You, you need to bring Andy up here and let him learn. And you can call it a lost season, and, and it is in some ways. But I don't think it's lost in terms of giving Nick Gonzalez reps giving Henry Davis reps, giving Andy Rodriguez reps, allowing Quinn Priester to make starts like that's meaningful stuff. That's going to help their development. And I hope that they surprise some people for the rest of the year, maybe get on a little stretch. I also understand that they're going to stink for a little bit. You know, they're going to have to adjust. There's going to be, it's going to basically be Quinn Priester start from last night. It's going to be for three innings. Oh my goodness. This looks really good. And then the bottom falls out. I mean, it's a difficult and stressful way to live, but To me, that's how you make something of this season. Now, I do think there's some marking points in there that, like, what the heck do you do? You know, you look at the trade deadline. You got to trade, guys. You'd hope you'd get something back. That's going to feel like a failure, but it's still the right move. Look at the end of the season. How how do they finish? You know, if they finish with 68 wins, do you think the fan base is going to – or, yeah, 68 wins. Do you think the fan base is going to want to hear progress and hear them talking about progress? Get the heck out of here. Absolutely not. So – it's a it's a tricky needle to thread.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you touched on a couple of the big things there, right? It's like, how do you kind of measure progress when you're three and a half years into a rebuild and the team is playing 330 baseball or whatever whatever it is over the last right. two and a half months? It's hard to look at that and say, where is the progress? April feels years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like... It also feels flukish, Andrew. It's one yeah. month
0: compared to two and a half. Why yeah. does that one month... Like, if you would i've thought about this This is such a mental exercise um if you flipped it if they played two and a half months of good baseball and there was one month of bad baseball they would be dismissing that month something terrible it's only one month it's only one month but now because they played one month of good baseball that they they act like that makes them a good team it does not the truth the truth is in the middle
1: yeah it's again reference it as oh well we know what it's like to play good baseball. Yes, I'm sure you do, but it's, you know, we're so many, we're so distant and so removed from that. And this is such a different team too, based on injuries, guys no longer here because of, you know, performances falling off and things of that nature. It's like, this is such a different group. It's such a different, you know, cast of characters here. So it's like, the way I kind of in- interpret this or the way I view this is, you know, get as many of these young guys up here, they're here. Um, and the only thing I guess that would be slightly concerning about that is who's kind of waiting in the wings, which I know is uh, that's kind of maybe getting ahead of myself a little bit, but I think that's a legitimate conversation to have is like, is if, it? if this group, is, if this group here isn't cutting it, which I'm getting ahead of myself, but like, I don't know. I mean, I look down the reserves, look down the minor league system, the prospect pool, and it's like, you got to see what you got with this group because if it's not cutting it, then could be problematic. I'm getting ahead of myself, certainly, but like this is what no. we're looking at now is this is the group, this is the core. Okay, I thought you were going like
0: this year. Like, no, who else no. are we going to see? And I'm, and that's where I'm like, I don't no, know, that's I'm it. Gonna see anybody? <laughs> yeah, they <this is> it. <laughs> it might have exhausted them now. Yeah, if you want to say way down the road, like what happens if this group doesn't pan out, man? I, I don't know i i don't think there's going to be the fan patience i don't know if there's going to be the front office patience to say like let's go get more guys i mean they have to make some progress with this group i think you know if there's holes pitching wise like you're going to have other guys coming in if there's holes position player wise like i look at tamar johnson you know he can maybe come in here you've got some guys at the lower levels and that's great but like this group needs to make some sort of dent
1: yeah no absolutely and it's uh there's a lot of guys to be curious about, and I think they're approaching it the right way too, right? With Endy, like, hey, it's going to be – he's getting going to get the bulk of the catching reps. We're not going to do this, like, play him at first base thing or get him some time in the outfield too. Like, I think they're approaching it the right way, especially with, you know, Cruz is out for the next month still. You'll get Piguero times it short. Endy's going to be behind the dish. Like, they're doing this the right way. It's just – it's going to be results-based. We're going to see what we got with these guys. But uh, I guess what kind of comes you to imagine? Can you imagine if they didn't catch Andy?
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings
1: are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price got your happy price price line if
0: yeah. they brought indy up here and like bounced them around and you would like indy at first base henry in right field and austin hedges continuing to catch oh oh goodness I, I would not want that i would not want to be in the middle of that i'm just yeah i i want them to catch it i want them to catch Andy. i want them to catch henry and then just let the results dictate like if those guys stink then don't catch them just be like right. they weren't any good that's a much easier explainer than preventing somebody from doing something without, you know, or making a judgment on somebody when you prevent them from doing something.
1: Anyway. Right. Well, I mean, if those guys are getting the bulk of the catching reps, then that could signal, I mean, Hedges heading out of town, but maybe not in the way that some fans envision, Uh, I guess this kind of segues us into deadline talk about who are some guys who are movable pieces. I know you and I have talked about this, which some fans might not (laughs) completely believe but i mean for what he is he's a defensive-minded guy who certainly has a lot of value there hedge is a guy who potentially could be valuable to a playoff contending team and as well as a couple other guys so let's open that can of worms let's uh you know this team probably going that direction
0: so dude i think they can trade austin hedges um i said that the other day i think it was on the fan morning show or something and like you know i get it tweeted out and i get radioed but I, yes they can like if, if I know the Pirates, I know Pirates fans don't like him. I understand that. Um, I understand that he's not good at hitting. I understand there are certain parts of his game that might be limited defensively. But if you look at, there are certain defensive metrics that you can pull. And again, this is not me defending Austin Hedges. I don't want to see him starting in Pittsburgh. I think it's the wrong guy for this situation. I think Henry and Andy should be catching. But if I'm a team that has enough offense in my lineup that I can basically say to that position, I don't care about the offense that comes out of here. I only want the defense. I want the working with the pitching staff. I want the pitch framing. I want the blocking, whatever. I'd take Austin Hedges. Um, the contract stinks, obviously. You shouldn't be making $5 million, and that's the Pirates' fault. But somebody down the stretch who needs a complimentary catching option something like that I can absolutely see them giving a you know mid-level prospect to the pirates for Austin Hedges and it's not going to be a sexy deal maybe it makes them feel better about the whole thing I don't know but um, I was sent this thing the other day on baseball savant that had Austin Hedges as the best defensive player in baseball Um, do I believe that no do I think that's gospel no does that make up for his other faults absolutely not But I I was trying to pull it up as I was talking. It's like fielding runs saved or something to that extent. I'll get it as as I'm going here because it is fascinating. And it's sure to irritate a whole bunch of people. Fielding run value is what it is, Andrew. I just got it. So at that list, Austin Hedge is number one at 11. This is all positions. Sean Murphy, number two. There's a couple of them, number two. Sean Murphy, Fernando Tatis Jr., Wander Franco, Brian Hayes is a little bit down the list. Number nine at seven, field and run value. I mean, if you're an opposing team who doesn't care about offense, you're getting that probably at a supreme discount.
1: That's why I think they can move them. Do you think yeah.
0: they can?
1: Am I nuts? I, you no, I'm, I'm not. I, I like, I know my people, some people might say, Andrew, you got to come at this guy, you got to disagree. I'm like, no, because I look, look, look who he was playing for last year. He played for a playoff team in the Guardians. Like yeah. Cleveland, and what are they doing right now? You look at the catching situation in Cleveland, that's yeah. arguably the only team that has as bad or worse of an offensive production standpoint from its catching core um, right. in, in Naylor and what they're getting from that core. But like last year, the Guardians made the playoffs with playing Austin Hedges more often than not and him hitting worse than he's hit this year. So, like, there's a team that can extrapolate value from him and put him behind yeah. the dish more often than not for a team that maybe is looking for a little bit more out of its rotation or feels very comfortable about where it is offensively. There's a team out there. I'm sure there is a team out there that this, will give up a minor league arm for him. There's a this is a very difficult conversation to have because anything
0: you say that's like not. Overly negative about Austin Hedges. It's like, oh, look at this guy's defending Austin Hedges. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that like on some teams, there might be a place for the guy. And then if you say something like, yeah, he's thrown out runners horribly. Nobody wants to hear that that's also on the Pirates pitchers. Nobody wants to hear that controlling the running game is a two-horse race. Like the pitcher has to hold them, pay attention, throw over, throw over accurately, have quick moves to the plate. Um, throw strikes, give pitchers pitches to throw off of. They've done a terrible job of that. Terrible job. Now, Austin Hedges hasn't had a great throwing season, and neither has Jason DeLay. And we'll see what Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez do. They certainly didn't set the world on fire in the minor leagues with that stuff. Again, not a defensive Hedges. All it is is to say that like another team could look at that and see defensive value there. Enough to trade like a mid level prospect and bring in this guy as some level of assurance, you know, down the stretch. If you're weak catching, you say, Well, you know, we're not going to get JT Real Muto. Certainly not. But can we get somebody who's going to handle his business responsibly behind the plate for cheap? Yes. And Austin Hedges, I think, would be that guy. So I, I really do think somebody could trade for him. And, and again, I don't, I don't expect to get O'Neill Cruz back in return, but you yeah. never know. Right. I mean, hey, Tony Watson got you that. So I guess anything I know That's on. not, <laughs> not going to happen. I didn't even I didn't sell that good enough. I mean, you know, like I'd be fine with Abraham Gutierrez. Like he was part of the Tyler Anderson trade. No, he's actually playing pretty well at double A tuna. Like, who knows? It could be some could become something. I think it's important that you allocate. I mean, and they should have done this long ago. And this is why it's irritated fans to, to no end. And I don't blame them for it. But you should have turned over playing time to your two catching prospects. Use the reps on these guys and allow them to play, even if they make mistakes. In the long run, it's much better served than wasting those reps on the guy who's hitting like 160, and you're trying to, you know, explain it by talking about his pitch frame. Come on, I, I don't, right. I don't agree with that. But the guy isn't like the worst baseball player in the history of the sport either, the way some people will make it sound.
1: Yeah. No, I've, and and there's also the point of hey, I mean, you could have traded the guy in theory if you are able to trade him, you probably could have done that a month ago or a month and a half ago and have started getting the catching reps to Andy and Henry then. But you know, here we are, still on the roster. Yep. Obviously, not DFA'd like some people have called for, but um, there's a couple other guys who certainly are worthy of having some trade discussion. No, not talking about Andrew McCutcheon. We're not getting into that. Um, <laughs> he's still but, a candidate, I hear. Yeah, he's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm uh, yeah, a candidate to work on Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. man. But, but, uh, but anyway, anyway uh, besides Kutch, um, a couple other guys to get into. Um, yeah. I, would, I guess my first question for you is, who do you think is the most likely to get traded, assuming all these next three are on the market? Um, and kind of who do you think would be the guy who could yield the most value? We'll kind of get into it um, yeah. with G-Man Choi, Carlos Santana, and Rich Hill. Assuming all those guys are available, um, what's kind of your take on trading those guys?
0: Yeah, I wanted to look at Santana. Every time I Google Santana, Carlos Santana, I get the guitarist. It (laughs) makes me crazy. Um, Santana worries me. I'd probably answer Hill to that, Andrew. Um, I don't feel great about it, but I think there's a chance that if he continues pitching the way he did his last start, somebody's going to see value in a 43-year-old with a terrific reputation. Uh, and I think he ends up going. Santana worries me a little bit. He's been good defensively at first. It's obviously great character and mentorship and that sort of thing, and there's a bunch of value there. I just worry about allocating times at first base or DH to somebody with a 705 OPS. I wish it was higher, and he was really good in June, and I thought, all right, if that sticks, if the Pirates go in the tank and that sticks, they can trade that. But, I mean, he's making nearly $7 million. It's like 6.825, 725, something like that. Whatever the prorated portion of that. It could be a, too much. I don't know. Um, so I'm going to say Hill is the most likely to go. Santana second likely. Choi third likely. But if Choi produces over these next couple of weeks and they can get something for him, make the move. And I, I'm, I'm in that camp with the three of them. Like there's no reason to hold on to anyone or anything at this point, if you can get an offer, if you can get, if you can get return, they should do it.
1: So, I don't know. That's how I would rank them. What about you? Yeah, hate to hate to keep green with you, but I do oh, keep the come same. On. I keep, come I keep on. the order, but I might actually elevate Santana above Hill only for Thank one Make reason. Make a case why. The the case would be that if you look at his stats last year when he also was a trade line dealing, he was OPSing below 700 then too, and was shown really? to still have value. So. I love- Yes. So I I think there's still some value there for Santana. And like we've talked about the veteran leadership, mentorship, all that sort of thing. And maybe this value is overstated and not relevant when a team is going full tank rebuild mode, but maybe there is some thought to keep in Hill. I I wouldn't, right. I'd trade him and he might be ultimately traded regardless, but like given where the rotation is at right now and where you have Contreras figuring out his thing down in the Florida complex league, Ortiz is back in AAA and seemingly not coming back, You know, tomorrow, I'm sure he'll be down there for at least a little while. Maybe there's something to be said about, hey, we just need a guy to go out there every fifth day and play competitive baseball because there's just not a ton there in terms of pitching depth. That might be why I say Santana won. Um, But Troy, to me, is intriguing, too, because to your point, like he's swung a good bat since he's been healthy. They've been playing him in the field just a little bit, got in there defensively, which, you know, not his forte, but that adds value to have him doing that, which is part of why I think um, you know, the rehab assignment was as extensive as it was in Altoona and in Indianapolis was to make sure that he's good to play defensively, can move laterally, all that sort of stuff. So yeah. like there still is value there for Troy as a power hitting left-handed bat off the bench or somebody who you can kind of plug and play at DH or the occasional first base rep. So all of them are valuable, but I wouldn't under, uh, underscore the Santana value just because last year he was shown to be worthy of a trade uh, with posting kind of similar numbers. And maybe this year's are a slight tick up, maybe with a little bit less power. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at
0: numbers here, Andrew, and you might have convinced me.
1: Wow. He finished the
0: 2022 season hitting 202, 692 OPS, um, extra base hits. Uh, it's basically the same, although it was more home runs last year than doubles. Um, his defense is obviously better this year. What was he at? 216, 690 OPS when he got traded. He only had four homers and 21 RBIs. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, the on-base was better. He was on basing 349 as opposed to 318 this year. But, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, and Would you do it? Would I if trade him? An offer, if they had an offer for Santana that was reasonable, would you trade him? Because I know yeah. there's an argument for, like, oh, he's going to be around Andy and O'Neill, Cruz and all
1: this stuff. I don't know how I feel about it. What would you do? I like him as a leader. I like him as a mentor. I think at this juncture, he's on a one year deal and you don't even know if he's playing baseball next year. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's me speaking way too much in hypotheticals. That's not something I'm privy to some inside knowledge on, but like he's getting there later stages of his career, like get value for him while you can, because who's to say that next year he doesn't fall off a cliff and becomes unplayable. And then it's okay. Well, we had our opportunity to trade him and get some value. And now, those mentorship qualities that we value are kind of irrelevant because now he's a 38 year old that we're playing at first base who no longer can be played there. So my my vote is oh trade as many guys it, as you can. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I agree with That's that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean I wouldn't even bother bringing him back next year. No offense to Carlos, but like yeah. I would hope that there's another internal option that is better at that position um I, I wouldn't rule out Endy ending up over there if you need to get his bat in the lineup I know he's catching right now but you know there's no guarantee that works out um there's no guarantee it works out with Henry who the heck knows um but yeah I, I I don't know if I would sign up for that um I I would trade him I I understand the argument that like his he's more valuable to remain with this team than he is to go other places but if they can, you never, you never know what you can get in a trade return. And they're just like, you can see that this group is going nowhere. It is. I mean, that's like, I guess what I'm looking at, it's like two and a half million dollars or whatever. I'm just speaking off the cuff. I don't, I haven't actually looked this up. Um, I'm sure like Ethan Hullahan will look it up and say, no, it's exactly this much money, but like <laughs> the, the prorated portion of Carlos Santana's salary, I don't think is worth the cost for him to mentor Andy O'Neill, whomever. These are grown men. They know how to go about their business. They're fine. There should be enough infrastructure in this place that the whole thing isn't going to go come tumbling down because they decided to trade Carlos
1: Santana. To me, objectively, that is still a smarter move. Right. And this is, uh, I might be pulling hairs here. Would it make any impact to you if Cruz was playing right now day to day and Castro was still up here versus being in AAA? No. Does that make any difference?
0: No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't to me. I mean, look at what Cast- Castro was up here alongside Santana for a long time this season. Castro got worse. I, I don't know the reason for that. I don't know if it's Castro's fault. I don't know if it's Santana's fault. Um, it's probably not Santana's fault. I don't know if it's the team's fault or, or what it is. But I mean, you would have hoped that this kid could take a step forward instead of, instead of taking a step back. So if you're going to present an argument to me that's like, we need to keep this guy because he he really helps so much. Like, really? Really? I have the opportunity to get some. No, I mean, inside of that, we're talking about a hypothetical scenario, right? Like, and if the the prospect that they're going to get back in return is like, you know, Jason Mackey or Andrew Destin, like, <laughs> maybe maybe pass on that. We don't have the idea <laughs> of the market, you know, for, for that. So... I, we're just assuming that it's going to be like a halfway decent prospect, and in that case, again, I'd do it.
1: Uh, I don't know. I could use an arm from Westminster, but I mean, hey, each their own.
0: <laughs> you can get an arm from Westminster, and there might be a really good arm. It's just not this one. I tell you that much.
1: <laughs> uh, if you insist, man. But Uh, okay. uh anything else we're, we're missing on here as we uh, start to wrap this up, or have we covered all things pirates over the last week and a right, week or so?
0: I think we basically nailed it. I like it.
1: Yeah. Well, fun chat is always trade deadline just a couple of weeks away. I'm sure we'll be talking about more and more of that as we hear things and get closer to it. But uh, for the time being, that's all the time we got for today's breakdown of the latest in Pirates Baseball. Be sure to hit the like button and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay updated with our latest content. And if you haven't already, check out our subscription deal in the description, $6, six months of access, plenty of sports news to keep up with, and you don't want to miss it. Thank you everybody. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you liked the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you enjoyed it on Apple Podcasts, please rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts. For six months of digital access to post for just $6, click the link down in the description.